Welcome to Fluent and Bravo. I'm your host and Bravo superfan, Angela Carlson. Join me every week to recap various shows from the Bravoverse and deep dives into pop culture and entertainment news. Now let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to Fluent in Bravo, where I am recapping Real Housewives of Orange County Season 1. We're already on Episode 3, Upgrading Has Nothing to Do With You, Honey. That is the name of the episode, which I don't remember anyone saying that in this episode. Upgrading has nothing to do with you, honey. I I don't remember anyone saying that, but maybe someone does say that. Again, I am watching this. If you want to do a rewatch with me, I am watching it on Peacock. I pay $5.99 a month. It is the best $5.99 a month that I spend on myself. It is self-care to the max. So if you would like to watch along with me, that's where I'm watching it at. Um, The Peacock description of this episode is Shane visits a college. Whoever is writing the descriptions of these episodes for Peacock, please, can you just dial it in just a little bit, a little bit. Plus, this is called The Real Housewives of Orange County, not Shane, not Let's Follow Shane Around. The last episode description was about Shane. This this episode description is about Shane. The madness needs to stop. We open with Vicky working of course, of course she's working in her home office and she's talking about a big conference. It talks about her employee and fellow housewife, Lori, about how much prettier she is, about what a better body she has, about how she feels inferior to her and her looks. And then uh, tells her that Lori starts talking to her about truly the sixth house. Well, Slade's, Slade Smiley is the sixth housewife of this season, maybe the seventh housewife of this season. Botox. So we get our first Botox introduction. Um, it says she is 43 and it is her first time doing Botox. Botox. And um, I also say this, there is a, if you, if needles freak you out, just maybe skip this scene. I know there's a lot of people that needles freak out. I personally do not freak out on needles, but even I was kind of like, ooh, they're really showing everything here. So someone comes to their home. I don't know if it's a doctor or some sort of Botox representative. Um, so he's getting Botox and Lori is getting Botox in Vicky's kitchen. We then get Michael and Brianna's take about it, and they both think that Botox is stupid. They're like, how can something be safe that paralyzes your muscles? And, you know, they don't get it, but Lori and Vicky definitely get it because they got it. Lori next in the seat for Botox, and she really should be sponsored by Botox because she looks fabulous. And she says that she wants to stay 42 forever. She doesn't want to age a day past 42. And... Lori then says that she hopes that she will look great and feel great. And she actually hopes that her looks will play in her favor on their work trip to New Orleans. And that she needs to really, really impress Vicky because she feels like uh, Vicky a little disappointed in her sales for life insurance. Next, we're back to Joe. And of course, Slate is there because Slate is always, always there. So Slade is coming down the stairs in a robe, a white robe. Again, why this man doesn't wear clothes, I have no idea. But anyway, he's in a white robe. Um, Joe Slade about her and Kimberly's tennis date. Both of them are sharing about Joe's new friendship with Kimberly. And they're both drinking a very large glass of wine. And 
I don't know about you guys, but just seeing the white robe and the red wine was giving me major anxiety from the just the perspective of just Slade was holding it. And I'm yes, Slade is a grown man. He's a grown adult. He makes seven figures. You know, he's amazing. He's God's gift to women. Just ask him. But I still was like, that man is going to trip and fall. And all that red wine is going to fall over his white robe. And it was just giving me anxiety the entire time I was watching that scene. Slade then tells Joe, you know, what a big deal it is to play tennis and that it's great that she's networking with other women now. Um, I also kind of think on the down low, he loves the fact that Kimberly is a stay at home mom because that's what he wants Joe to be. And I think he's loving the fact he's like, hey, if she hangs out with other Cota de Casa wives um, that mostly stay at home, then she can stay at home too. By the way, I have been a stay at home mom for seven and a half years now. Um, I am just now getting back in the workforce and there is nothing wrong with being a stay at home mom. Nothing at all. Um, there is something wrong with being a stay at home wife or mom. If you don't want to be a stay at home wife or mom and your husband is pushing you or your fiance is pushing you in that direction. So I just want to, um, oh, and then this is the part where he really, this is where the soundbite of Joe saying, you know, he pretty much is keeping me comes into play. So he's basically saying, hey, if you want to play tennis, if you want to hang out with Kimberly, if you want to network with all these stay at home, Cota de Casa housewives, I'm going to buy you a tennis outfit in every color. And then he just starts petting her face. He's so gross. It's just, if I had a man who was 12 years, okay, granted, he'd be at the retirement home in this in this situation if he was 12 years my senior. But if he started petting my face and just being like, here, here's some money, go shopping, stay home. You're so cute. I'm going to buy you all the, like, ew. ew. But I also see if you're young, how that's, cute and exciting and like, wow, I don't know. Anyway, can't stand Slade. Still can't stand Slade Smiley. I gave him one compliment in the last podcast and I don't see one coming in this one. So we're good. We good. We then move to Kimberly and her perfectly messy kitchen. I love a house that looks lived in. It's raw footage. It's amazing. You know, nowadays with the housewife shows, even the ones that live in small casitas, <laughs> um, aka Gina, like they still, you can just tell, and granted, I would be the same way. If I was a real housewife of Idaho, <laughs> I would be having, if the camera crews were coming, I would have a professional cleaner come in and hose down my house um, right before filming. But I do love the way that Kimberly's house is just like, yep, this is our kitchen. So she starts talking about, and this, <laughs> oh yeah, this is one of my pet peeves. She starts saying about how her kids barely eat any sugar or processed foods. Um, and then of course, her husband, Scott, uh, is showing while she's, you know, having this voiceover, the editors are being a little shady and they're showing her husband, Scott, showing their son, which I always forget her son's name. Anyway, her son's, um, who's like seven, the donuts. And so he wants, so he's like shoving his face with donuts and Kimberly's like, what are you doing? It's always funny to me that moms that, um, say how their kids never eat sugar, never crave sugar, um, never want sugar, never. And those are the kids that go bananas the second their parent is out of town or the second that their parent is out of eyeshot, they just lose it over the sugar. So I don't know. I just thought that was funny because as soon as she said that, I was like, oh man, her kids are so eating sugar and they're probably going to be obsessively eating sugar because it's so restrictive. Kimberly's explaining that um, while they're having breakfast at the breakfast table, 
Um, she is planning for a girls-only trip with other Coda de Casa wives. We then move to Gina in a shirtless Shane playing baseball. The men cannot keep their shirts on in this city or in this county. They, they just can't. Gina says, even though Shane was drafted, he isn't going to sign and he's actually going to opt to play at a junior college instead to get him more at bats, to get his statistics up, and then they'll try again. So they're headed to Arizona to check out college. Matt is joining them because, again, you can definitely tell their priorities are baseball. Um, Not, you know, being there for his high school graduation, but they're absolutely going to tour colleges with him, which they should. But you should also be there for your kid's graduation from high school. Gina then says that she leaves Kara home a lot. Definitely getting that vibe. Uh, Kara is staying home. Hopefully Uncle Richie is not babysitting her. And uh, Gina, Shane, Colton and Matt are all going to Prescott, Arizona to tour some colleges. Back to Joe. And by Joe, I mean Slade Smiley. Um, Slade talks about his horrible meeting with Brent in the ill-fitted suit, chugging the Red Bull from the last episode. And he starts saying how he basically started stalking Brent on his day off to land him as a big client. So he follows him. (laughs) He follows him to an equestrian center. um, And he says, oh, hey, yeah, I met you in the meeting. Remember that meeting where you were chugging Red Bull and super rude to me? Yeah, that was me. And here's my son, Grayson. So Slade has his cute little son, Grayson, with him. And he's talking to Brent and then he's he's uh, talking to Brent's wife. And then he's like, oh, yeah, my fiance, you know, she loves horses. And oh, what do you like? Oh, yeah, she loves that, too. So he's obviously dangling Joe to Brent's wife. Um, and then we also see Slade's Hummer. Slade's Slade's Hummer. So um, he also has a personalized license plate, too, which I love a good funny personalized license plate and i like the ones that are really clever where you're behind them in traffic and you're like what is what does that mean and so it takes you a second to figure it out and then you're like oh <laughs> that's clever but slate smiley's personalized license plate is slate smiley it's his name because that is the true love of slate smiley's life uh so then it sounds like brent and his wife are like hey we should hang out sometime so slate's like absolutely me and my fiance will be there um so then we see owen slade pulling up at brent and cindy's house I, th- I think brent's wife is named cindy and they greet them brent and cindy seem extremely thirsty almost like they were on the short list to be on the housewives but they did not make the cut so they seem like they very much enjoy the camera time and uh like showing their house so they're showing their home theater they're showing their pool plan and they're showing their Tuscan style kitchen because that seems to be the only type of kitchen that any of these rich folk want. Um, again, their house is nice, but it looks like every it looks like Slade's house. It looks like Vicky's house. It looks like Gina's house. Brent actually seems more calm in his home. He's actually wearing a shirt that fits him. He's wearing pants that fit him. Uh, he doesn't look like a little boy dressed up in his daddy's work clothes. So that's good. Um, Brent tells Slade today is just for drinks because Slade keeps wanting to kind of talk business. And Brent's like, OK, yeah, some other. OK, we're going to just drink here. We're going to talk. We're going to me and my wife are going to try to get on this show. OK, OK. They're drinking some sort of orange martini. I wish and I know that Andy Cohen does this later on where when they're at a restaurant, they always do their drink orders. They always do their food orders. But in these earlier seasons, like there's times I'm like, what is that drink they're drinking? Or what is that food that's on the plate? So um, I'm noticing the martini glasses more just because they're so prominent. But that's why I'm pointing out what they're drinking because I'm like, oh, okay, they are drinking 
um, yeah, some sort of like orangey martini that he that Brent makes out of some like shaker glass with like a like a diamond shaped thing on it. It's just so gaudy. Um, anyway, so Joe has a hard time pronouncing. So they're so they're mingling in the kitchen. They're drinking, and Joe is having a hard time pronouncing equestrian. And then she's like equestrian, you know. And she's doing like the cute little twenty four year old thing. And she's like, ah, I'm so cute and quirky. And then Slade is just an asshole, just straight up. So she is having a hard time pronouncing this, and she's being kind of cute and quirky. And here's my thing. Just correct her. Just say, oh, yeah, equestrian. You mean equestrian. Okay. And then move it along. But Slade makes sure that Brent and Cindy know how so, so stupid and so, so young Joe is. And he's like, that's what I call a Joeism. Um, things that are obvious to the common folk. Joe is from Peru. And uh, and then he just continues to pet her. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? You are such a dick, Slade Smiley. You are such a dick. It's just I hate when people talk down to people. And especially like this is your fiance. This is someone that you love, supposedly. This is someone that you want to be a part of raising your sons, supposedly. And you treat her like a freaking idiot. You treat her absolutely like a kept woman. And you treat her like a pet. Stop petting her. Stop petting her face. Stop petting her hair. And stop calling her stupid in front of other people. I think that's so... Well, don't call her stupid behind closed doors either. But just... Oh, this is what we call Joeisms. Joe is from Peru. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Ugh, and I just can't with him. I just cannot. He is so rude. Um... Then they leave. Oh, and then, oh, by the way, they took Grayson. We don't even see Grayson throughout this whole thing. I don't know if someone was watching Grayson. I don't know if they had another kid that was playing with Grayson. Grayson was there when they showed up. They were talking. They were drinking. Grayson was not there. I don't know if they put Grayson in the backyard. I don't know if they locked him in a room. Grayson was there. Again, I am... I'm a mom. I always look for where kids are. Um, Grayson was nowhere to be found while they were mingling in the kitchen and drinking and doing the housework. So I don't know where they put Grayson at. Next up, Lori is chatting with her adult daughter, Ashley, who is my least favorite house kid at this point. Juxtaposed with Vicky chatting with her adult daughter, Brianna. So it definitely shows how strict Vicky is and how laid back Lori is as they head to New Orleans. You know, Vicky is laying down the law. She's like, these are the rules. I'm counting the beer. I'm doing, you know, I know if you guys are going to drink anything. I know if you guys are going to have a party. I have cameras in all your bedrooms. Just joking. I don't know. Maybe she does. Maybe she doesn't. Um, and then you have Lori that's like, well, I would prefer if you don't have a party or, you know, don't have a big party and clean up after yourself and, you know, please do that or, or not, you know, just figure it out, Ashley, but be nice. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. The difference between the parenting. Now we're in New Orleans. Uh, we meet Vicky's sister, Lisa, who also sells life insurance. We also find out Lori's luggage didn't make it to her. So once again, poor Lori, her life is falling apart. We also, um, Vicky and her sister are staying in a nicer hotel than Lori, who couldn't afford it. Um, <laughs> so Vicky basically uh, didn't pay for Lori's hotel. She did not pay, or maybe she just gave her an amount and said, you know, hey, um, yeah, Vicky basically wanted Lori to pay her own way on the trip. And, and so this is when I'm like, OK, I'm starting to turn on Vicky a little bit. I'm like, OK, she's your employee. 
you, you want her to go on a work trip, but you want her to pay for her own hotel room. Like, wouldn't you want to put her in the same hotel as you and your sister so you guys could talk business? But yeah, so they show Lori on this disgusting bedspread that I'm sure if you put a black light on it, all sorts of fun little things would be revealed. It looks like it has not been washed since the 1980s. Um, and she's got her bare skin like she's laying on it because she has just a tank top on. And I'm just I'm just like, oh, no, do not put you do not put bare skin on a bedspread like that. You do. You do. Not. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I couldn't believe Vicky did that. I'm like, you paid for your um, kid's biological father to come in to see Brianna for her graduation. You hired Ashley. You hired Lori in their time of need. Like you are a killer mom. You're just so. You're such a great mom. But this, you decide you're gonna just be like, yeah, no, you're paying your own way. Come on, Vicky. Come on, girl. She's your employee. She's. She should. You should pay for her to stay in the nice hotel. Back to Joe. And her newfound friend, Cindy, um, she's riding horses. Cindy has like a bejeweled horse. I don't know if this is animal abuse or not. I'm not really informed in horses. She's got some sort of bedazzled things on the hooves. I don't know if that's painful or if it's just decorative. Um, anyway, they are um, riding horses and basically nothing exciting is happening, I think, or else the editors would have shown it. And then after they get done riding horses, um, they get served a martini glass of some kind of drink. So, and they're cheersing. So there's, there's, uh, that's that scene. So I don't know what the purpose of that scene was other than to show just how ridiculous Cindy is with her bejeweled horse, but that's that. All right. Gina and Fam are in Arizona. They're touring an athlete dorm and um, Kara or and Kara is staying home by herself. Of course, they compare the dorm to Shane's huge room that he has at his parents' house and how he already has a king size bed. And then they show him laying in the dorm bed again, just showing like how wealthy they are. We're so rich. But and what he would have to downsize to in order to be a student athlete at this particular college. Uh, Matt then basically says what a fuck up his son is with grades. Um, Gina gives zero Fs about the school. I like how I just say the F word in the sentence before. I don't know. I just feel like just a few cuss words an episode would be great. But but Gina doesn't care about the school at all. She doesn't care if the teachers are good. She doesn't care if the quality of life is good. She's just like, yeah, as long as he gets to play baseball. That's all she cares about. Kimberly jump scares all of us all of a sudden um, and we're at some sort of treatment for her. And all of a sudden it's like super serious stuff about skin cancer. So she reveals that she's had malignant melanomas. Um, there was one point where the doctor said she only had a few years to live and that was nine years ago. So she's clearly beaten the statistics, which is amazing. I am a cancer survivor myself, not to make this about me, but I love a raw storyline. I think when you are it doesn't matter what type of cancer survivor you are. If you hear the words, uh, you have cancer, it changes your life forever. The person that you once were before you heard those words is now gone. They are dead. Um, and you become a new person with a new perspective on life. Um, extremely traumatized. Um, so I completely relate to uh, Kimberly when she says that cancer gave her a new perspective on life for her to live in the moment. And yeah, good for Kimberly for sharing that journey. Um, but yeah, I went right to it. It was like, like Gene and Matt were like, yeah, Shane sucks at academics. We just wanted to play baseball. 
he's stupid, but he's great at baseball. Let him play baseball. And then it was like, Kimberly's like, okay, so the doctors gave me a couple, like, it was just, whoa. whoa okay. We're going from, from baseball to cancer. Yowzas. Um, but it was just very nice of Kimberly to share that of her journey. But yeah, she does talks about how she lives in the moment, more in the moment now. And now we are on Kimberly's girl trip where she shows us how much she's living in the moment. She says she loves this group because they can get tipsy and have fun and let their hair down. And then they show them at this um, Benihana style restaurant and all of them, they're like passing food with each other's mouths. No, no, no. I, I have some amazing girlfriends. I love them so much. Now, if we're at a restaurant and one of us has a yummy drink, Will I say, hey, do you want to try? Or will they say, hey, can I try? Or will, you know, do you want to try? And we'll share a drink. Normally, if they are drinking out of the straw, I'll drink out of the side of the cup. If I'm drinking out of the straw, they'll drink out of the side of the cup. I don't share drinks with people. I don't share chapstick with people. I don't share lipstick with people. Um, I My kids bring enough... My kids bring home enough illnesses alone. We're constantly sick in our house because I have a preschooler and I have a second grader and they go to two different schools and they bring home two different types of cycles of illnesses. I don't share like germs with people like I love and I love my girlfriends, but I would not grab a Benny Haha style food and stick it in my mouth and then go around the table and continue like I did not understand that at all. I think they were trying to be like sexy and like, oh, look at us. We were a bunch of hot blondes and one, oh, we'll talk about the brunette later. Um, but yeah, there's like all blondes and then there's one short haired brunette who is the worst. She might be worse than Slate Smiley in this episode, but we'll get to her in a second. Uh, and then they asked the chef to get like some type of like shrimp or something into Kimberly's cleavage and he does and it's just oh it just attention pours it's yeah um then they show Kimberly and her posse having bubbly drinks and going clubbing and dancing with a bunch of different men um she is in a hot little outfit she is dancing she is grinding she is married she is monogamous but she is grinding on other men and uh, they're talking about the guys that were dancing and one of them had a woody and i'm just like i just want to throw up <laughs> i'm sure when i first watched this in my 20s um that yeah because i think i'm like closer like when this show came out i was close to joe's age i might have been a little bit younger but i <laughs> i just I'm like, what is happening? I just remember, I don't know, maybe I thought this scene was sexy at the time. I just rem I don't remember being so grossed out by so many different things. But then again, this is a different time. This is pre-Me Too. This is, you know, pre-cancel culture. This is, trust me, Kimberly's friend should be canceled after this. And maybe Kimberly even too. But yeah, it's um anyway. So they're yeah they're dancing and it's just it's just gross especially when you're happily married to be dancing like that with other people i'm not trying i mean i'm not saying you can't dance with other people and have fun and relax but uh if you're dancing so close that you feel someone's woody gads gross um back to gina back to gina and baseball they introduce us to shane's grandpa and talk about matt's accident so he had uh he got hit by a foul ball i think or some sort of rogue baseball and he actually needed an emergency craniotomy um 
craniotomy. They talk about how uh, this injury changes personality. Um, they meaning his kids and Gina as well, just saying how he used to be really bubbly and friendly. And now he is very angry, short tempered. And it really seemed to be the thing that changed the most. They then show Shane doing drills and his dad's actually pitching because he was a pitcher um, in Major League Baseball. And that that way they wanted to do it just so the coach could actually watch him. And then they show the coach explaining how many at-bats Shane will get, what he needs to work on, um, all of that stuff. Back to Vicky in New Orleans, checking on her kids at home. Michael says he got kicked out of college and Michael has to get his GPA back up. So he does need to do some schoolwork during the summer to do that. Vicky then left a note for Michael while she is away, and I actually paused the screen to read what it said. I couldn't read all of it, but rule number one was only drive Brianna's car, and then it had some other chicken scratch on it. I'm assuming it was like maybe don't touch mine, don't touch Don's. If you want to drive, just drive Brianna's car. Um, oh, and then rule two was she basically wanted nobody here. Carpets just cleaned, and then it, I didn't see what the rest of it said, which, I mean, I get if you have the carpets clean, you don't want a bunch of foot traffic into your house. Understand that. Um, turn on and off something. I didn't see what it was. And then air conditioning is off. Four was just do homework. And five, we counted beer. <laughs> and then it like trails off. So clearly, she doesn't want anyone partying. She doesn't want any underage drinking. She counted the beer. Um, then we're back in New Orleans. Vicky again is talking about how hard she works, work, work work. Um, Lori talks about how she never had to worry about money and now she has to work. Again, that storyline of a, a single mom who works two jobs, who loves her kids and never stops. <laughs> and the heart of a fighter. That Lori, she's a survivor. Yeah. So we get that storyline again. Back to Lori's house, Ashley. Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. She has, um, so actually her siblings are gone. So we know that Josh is in juvie and Sophie is at her dad's house. So she has the house to herself tonight and she is deciding to have a party against her mother's wishes. Ashley just sucks. She just um, sucks. Her brother calls from juvenile hall. She hangs up the first time. Then he calls again and he's like, why'd you hang up on me? And she's like, oh no, that was an accident. It wasn't. She even says like, oh, I hung up on him. And then she's like, yeah, I was feeling really good. And then my brother called and it was kind of a downer. Oh, Ashley, Ashley, Ashley. We then go to Joe. Slade is with his kids and Joe's brother and Joe decides to go on a boat with her friends. This is kind of shitty of Joe. I'm I'm turning on Joe a little bit just in this scene because if her bro her little brother is there, she should be there too. Um, and Slade's kids are there. Like, it's okay to have a family day. And so Joe apparently was the um, DD, designated driver. I know that's hard to believe, but nowadays, like with Uber and Lyft, like you don't need to really worry about a DD. You can just go and, and do your business and do your thing. But um, back in 2006, you know, you could have a taxi or a designated driver. So Joe decides to be the designated driver. She calls Slade at 930. Slade's trying to get the kids to bed. I don't know where Joe's brother is at this point. I don't know if he's, if he's staying the night. But then she says that she has a problem. And he's like, well, what's your problem? I'm getting the kids ready for bed. 
And she says, oh, I'm sober, which isn't the problem. And so he's like, well, that's good. She's like, but all the girls want to party after the boat and I'm the driver. So I need to kind of stay with them. And Slade's basically like, no, that's not your problem, which I have to. Oh, my God. I'm going to give Slade a compliment again in second episode in a row. I agree with Slate here. It's not her problem. They can call. There are taxis. They're not in the middle of nowhere. There are cabs or, you know, or like Slade said, he's like, you can come home. And then once they're done partying, you can head back out. But I also at this point, if the kids are asleep, it's like, what's the point of going back home just to go back out? So I kind of get that. But I agree with Slate here. I'm like, she should just go home, say, screw you guys or take them home and say, yeah, we're not partying because I need to go home my brother and Slade's kids are home and Slade's home and I need to go. So I begrudgingly agree with Slade here. Um, Okay. And that's all I'm going to say about Slade. Positive this episode. Back to Lori and Vicky. A lot of life insurance salesmen are talking about how passionate they are about selling life insurance. And, you know, Lori's just kind of like, I don't really know. Like I was kind of in it for the money, but these people just really are just super passionate. I'm not. And so she's kind of, I think, struggling a little bit with her career and what to do. Listen, you know, going through a divorce and having being a single mom who works two jobs. Okay. I'm sorry. I'll stop singing that song. Um, But being that single mom and, you know, I understand rushing in to get a a job right away that you maybe not are completely in love with because you need to make money ASAP. You, she had a lifestyle that she was accustomed to living and then that was taken away from her um, because of divorce, but you bounce back and she's bouncing back. But I did, there was one salesman and this is so true about life insurance. And I've heard this argument before from life insurance and probably every life insurance salesman says it, but he did say he goes you know here's the thing is when you have a family member that dies and you're you know at a wake or a funeral or or a memorial service or something and everyone's showing up with food or flowers and he's like you get to show up with a check with money and that will help them and that will you know and and i get that that's it's smart it's smart to have life insurance folks um even if it's just basic things to cover but it is smart um Back to Ashley. And she's having a full-blown party at this point. They're making some sort of red jungle juice drink, I'm assuming. Just something where you just put a ton of different booze in it. Oh, my stomach is already turning just thinking about it. But yeah, it's she's having a party. So against her mother's wishes, she's doing what her mother asked her not to do. And she's doing it anyway because Ashley is the worst. Okay, this is the scene that probably should... I don't know if, if Kimberly should get canceled in today's definitely if this clip were to air in a real housewives segment now it would have gotten canceled like at least the friend would have gotten canceled and Kimberly might have gotten canceled too because it's not like she's helping the situation all right so Kimberly and her friends are at brunch having mimosas and of course they're talking about what happened the night before they're talking about how Kimberly just was dancing and grinding and they were having so much fun she then talks about how Scott would be upset if he found out that she was dancing with a Puerto Rican guy wow Uh, i don't even know what to say to that i don't even know what to say to that because that would get you canceled rightfully so in 2024 so she says she would be upset if scott knew that she was dancing with a puerto rican then to make things worse her friend chimes in 
and says that Kimberly danced with, quote, a dwarf and a guy in a wheelchair. The Puerto Rican guy would be a step up. What a bitch. Mind you, this woman is, I mean, if she's going to start talking about people's looks and and disabilities and what race they are, like, she is the worst. And this woman is not a looker. Like, like you're not even a supermodel. Like, you can't even talk, lady. You are the worst. Out of all the women that were seated at that table, you are the worst looking one out of all of them. You are upset that nobody wanted to dance with you. Nobody. Nobody was asking her to dance. Kimberly was dancing with everyone. But what made them, what made things obviously the worst after that statement, I cannot believe this. <laughs> I can't believe Peacock has this like little clip even up, but whatever. Again, this is back in 2006 when things were much more fast and loose with reality TV. I mean, people were still using the R word on reality television. Um, and so it just is like mind blown, mind blown that this was a conversation but what made it worse was that everyone laughed at the table everyone laughed at her saying that like it just i mean these are all grown women these are all women in their 40s maybe even early 50s that it's just like you know no better if there's girls talking about that in their 20s that's different because in your 20s you're just you're much more vain and but these women and especially i mean take away the plastic surgery take away the botox take away the makeup take i mean none of them are like real lookers let's be honest so just they were all being such bitches okay back to new orleans and Lori is rocking a bikini top my god all i was looking at was how flat her stomach was she had like you know the women that have bikini tops and they just have like just the tiniest little rolls like just showing how toned they are oh man Lori is, she's phenomenal, in phenomenal shape. Um, They're talking about business and the camera puts up the solds. So in like a little text box, they put up that Vicky sold almost $500,000 in new policies last year, which don't get me wrong. And she got an award, I guess, at this conference and she got a standing ovation. So they're talking about that. And then they said, you know, she sold. And this is 2006. So $500,000 in 2006 is probably, I don't know what that would be equivalent to now. Um, but that's, but that doesn't seem like a lot to me. I watch a lot of datelines. I see a lot of husbands or wives take out mil, two mil, 1.5 mil on their spouses before they kill them. I feel like $500,000, Vicky, you could do better. Vicky, you could do better. So this, I, I, yeah, I just didn't understand that that's a huge amount, but maybe in 2006, it was ginormous. Lori and Vicky both talk about their dad's health struggles. Um, you know, this is with them both selling life insurance and how they would have had life insurance. It, it would have made the um, their mom's life easier with just the struggles of it because of how much money had to be put into helping them with their health issues. Back to Gina with Shane on which college to choose. He got offered a full scholarship, um, but it doesn't really say what he decided to do they were still weighing the options and then and then our final scene we are back to joe and joe got a job proud of joe um she gets home she's excited but she's nervous to tell slade that he gets a job slade definitely seems annoyed um and they start a fight there's red flags being thrown all over out of Slade's mouth. He seems super, super controlling. He is super, super controlling. Slade then storms off like a baby. And 
this is where I was like, yes, Joe, yes. Because she talks about how lame he is. She's like, you're so lame. You're so, so lame. And finally, even though Joe should have called him a bunch of other things, I will take lame for now. I will take lame. Um, and this was the best ending of an episode so far. So the the last two episodes, the endings have been like, what? Huh? But this this ending was was amazing. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Fluent in Bravo. I will be back next week to recap episode four of season one of Real Housewives of Orange County. So if you want to watch along with me, it is on Peacock. Check that out. Um, Also, leave a five-star review. Subscribe. Five stars. Four stars if you say I'm pretty. Um, And remember, constructive criticism is always appreciated as long as it's something that I can fix on my end. I cannot fix my voice. I cannot fix my face. And um, yeah. All right. I hope to... I hope you join me next time. Bye. Welcome to Fluent and Bravo. I'm your host and Bravo superfan, Angela Carlson. Join me every week to recap various shows from the Bravoverse and deep dives into pop culture and entertainment news. Now let's get to it.